Welcome to the Hillside Community Church Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope this episode encourages you. If you enjoy the listen, let your friends know, and we'll catch you next time. I'm going to baptize her and, you know, at the end of the service. And you know, I'd seen that video earlier in the week, you know, when, they were putting, when the guys were putting it together, and I, I saw the comment she made about, about me, and I said, I'm going to hold you under a little bit longer than, uh, uh, so she's very nervous, and I'm very happy about that. Today, just with a few minutes before we, uh, we just have about four baptisms, I think, maybe five, uh, you'll see another like three and a half minute video, and then we'll baptize, but baptism uh, is one of two sacraments, okay, along with communion, both of which are many dramas of salvation that graphically sort of picture the essence of the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And they do not only describe what Christ did for us. This is very, very important spiritually for your life forever, to know it's, it describes what Jesus did for us, but, but not just that. But what happened to you, what has happened to you, and the way that it transformed your life, what he did for you. So there is this very real, very spiritual, very mystical experience that happens in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, as a spiritual union is formed. And... Um, Usually spiritual, um, really profound experiences that we have in life, profound realities, we usually try to find a symbol to help illustrate what they are. And I guess probably the most significant one, perhaps, is, is marriage. Uh, you, you go through the ceremony, you, uh, you exchange rings. I was at a wedding last night in Dallas, I just attended it. I haven't just attended a wedding in a long time. It was for Matt, our executive pastor. His daughter got married. And uh, I was just, by, you know, just attending it. And I realized when I was sitting down what my favorite part of the ceremony is. Because I'm never watching the ceremony. I'm, all, I'm always in it. And it was, it, it's the exchange of the rings. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, it's almost over <laughs> when the rings come out. And uh, it's the visual picture of everything they're saying. It's just words till those rings come out and go on the fingers. And then there's this visual symbol of unity and oneness. And he explains what the medal is. This guy who was doing it, he did the medal and then, you know, all this stuff. And it's, re- and it's really fun. Um, in our day and age, all you have to do, I think I've said this to you before at a baptism. You just have to say, when somebody is, is falling in love and they do the ring, you just say, he went to Jared. Right, you know? He went to Jared. Um, if he goes to Jared, and I went and looked up images of people who've gone to Jared and the crazy things that they did, and some of these guys will drive their car over the, over the, over the berm, up on the grass, through the parking lot, and sit and park right next to the big Jared Monument sign to show that they went to Jared. They take the pictures of it. 
And if he goes to Jared, you know uh, he's in love, that he's found a true love, he's going to be committed, and he's going to be broke forever. You know all those three things are going to happen. You don't have to say anything else. Um, And it's very similar with baptism. I got baptized. I've given my life to Christ. Profound things symbolized in that union. There's a, there's a unique mystical union that happens to two people. Um, and so, baptism and communion sort of illustrate that picture. So baptism happens one time in your life. And it sort of symbolizes the union. Something very real and decisive happens. You die and come to life. In baptism. And then in communion, you celebrate on a much more periodic basis. It still speaks to the same kind of reality. But what communion does is, is, is sort of reemphasize that you never stop living by that decision. You're always nourished by the same death and resurrection. Uh, You're reminded constantly of what has happened for you and what you have become a part of in this new life. So in marriage, last night when I was watching this marriage and this fellow was given, uh, doing his vows and stuff like that, I, I thought to myself, here they are in one sense, in one sense as a result of this ceremony that they're making right here in front of it, they're, they're sort of, they're dead to one way of life. They're dead to one way of life. They're dead to other people. They're dead to everything. In one sense, solid. In another sense, they're going to wake up today and they're going to die a little more and die slowly every day because that's what marriage does. It kills you slowly but surely. Not like a poison, not like a poison, but you die. You know, it's been said, you know, a man gets married, he gets fitted for a tux and a coffin. That's right. Ladies, same with you. You Ladies, you look at your husband every once in a while and go, you're killing me. It's true. (laughs) Slowly but surely, you're being transformed into another person. Some parts of you are dying, but let's be honest. There are parts of you that need to die. Uh There are parts of you that need to die. And that's what we learn. So, uh, Baptism, the reason I'm illustrating this is because I want you to see how it works in, in life. When we talk about the cross, we talked about something in Hebrews where baptism, you know, you have a cross in your past. So this would be the beginning for some people. They're, gonna, they're giving their life to Christ and they're getting in the water and like, like Hannah's story. She's got a cross now in her past and the baptism will be that picture of a day that you died to yourself and rose to a new kind of life. You died to an entire way of living. That will always be a reality now for you. And then as she starts to live her life, she'll take communion, and that's the picture we said in Hebrews, where you're always going out to a cross. Uh, We said, don't just have a cross in your past that becomes a sort of uh, memorial, because it's more than that. It becomes a way of life, And that's what communion is constantly teaching me. That I'm going out to the cross. What does it mean to go out to the cross? Well, let's look at a couple of uh, simple verses here. 
Remember, don't you know that those who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? You've been buried with him through baptism in order that as Christ was raised from the dead, you might walk in a whole new life. So baptism, what it does, when you think about baptism, baptism now links your spiritual life to this to this whole new reality, new identity, new values. Uh, Look at this verse in Galatians. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with him. A whole new outfit. Uh, A whole new presence now in your life as a result of baptism. So, this dramatic act tells the story of total transformation. Uh, you don't just adopt a few new beliefs. You're not turning over a new leaf. You're being completely transformed. Uh, they, used to, uh, they used to call baptism the watery grave uh, and speak of it as if you were drowning to one life and coming up for air in a new one. Uh, that was the image. So if that's the image, what does it mean then to live this way? What does it mean to live this way? And I want to give you three simple things that literally are going to take just a couple minutes. Um, What does that look like? If you're going out to the cross in your life, if you're going to live with the cross in front of you, what does that look like? So here's three things. Uh, here is the first one. For this you were called since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his steps. So one of the things it means to head out to the cross, to be pursuing it, is to realize that uh, he suffered. If, I'm, if I become one with him and identify with him, I'm going to suffer a little bit in this life by virtue of the fact that I am identified with him. So here's the first one. The first one is, you're gonna pay a price. You're gonna pay a price. And this is uh, the way that I sort of teased this out in my head this week. Um, uh, You're gonna absorb evil. What, What Christ did on the cross was absorb evil. He absorbed sin. So there's gonna be sort of, this is sort of the picture of sin coming at you as you're running out to the cross, uh, so you, you absorb it, you take it. What do you take? Well, if you identify with Christ, and, you've, and many of you have experienced this to some degree, uh, you're going to get ridiculed at some level. Um, right now, society's ridiculing believers in lots of ways. Um, culture will do it, and it's getting more and more that way. There'll be some shame associated with it. Cross is a shameful thing. Uh, You'll be harassed a little, maybe by your family. Some of the greatest harassment will come from maybe your kids or maybe your spouse. Um, There's lots of ways you can get harassed. How many of you have lost a sale because of your faith? Or a promotion? because of your faith. Um, A friendship 
because of your faith. Uh, this is you absorbing it. And you know what? This is, this is when you pursue the cross and you start to feel pain that comes to you because of your identification with Christ, according to the scriptures, you're supposed, if you read all of 1 Peter, which is about suffering, and what Christ's suffering and how it relates to your suffering, there is this wonderful experience that Peter has and Paul says that I get to suffer like he did brings me joy. It brings me joy whenever I'm paying a price for following him. So right now, if that's happening to you, if you're losing because you're associated with Christ, are you feeling good about that? Because that's what it means to go out to the cross, that I get to identify with his sufferings. That's the first one. The second one is uh, what you do with the evil in you when you pursue the cross. There's an evil coming at you in the world, and then there's evil in you. And so Paul says in Colossians 3, 5, put to death, this is an incredibly powerful word, kill whatever in your nature belongs to the earth, sexual immorality, impurity, shameful passion, evil desire, greed. So this is the sin that's in you, the evil that's in you that you're dealing with on a daily basis. What does it mean to pursue the cross? It means on a daily basis, I am trying kill off all of those things that are contrary to who Christ is and to the fact that he died for those very things in my life. He died for those very things in my life. Greed, selfishness. Um, it, it costs to, to live pure. And it's getting costlier. Uh, integrity honesty what happens when you come to Christ is you start to realize there is really a whole new way to live that is a far better way to live you have options now spiritually that you didn't used to have you have a spirit prompting you and saying oh no 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 that's not who you are. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how you live. And when you run out to the cross in those circumstances, you're running and you're killing the evil in you when you, when you put to death those things that are sinful, shameful, idolatrous, greedy. Uh, that's what it means to run out to the cross. You're going you're gonna to die to yourself. Uh, and then there's a third one. Uh, and this one has to do with relationships. This, this, is, how you tr- this is how you treat other people. This is a, there's a huge death that occurs in us when we put other people first. So this is what goes toward people. Uh, so instead of being motivated by selfish ambition, and vanity, in humility, treat people as more important than yourself. Be concerned not only about your interests, but the interest of others. And then he says, you should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ had. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even the death of the cross. You say, how much should I be concerned about other people's interests? Even if it kills you. That's, how, that's the point he went to. So every time you give up for other people, uh, serve them, forgive them. Have you known the pain of forgiveness lately? It's funny how forgiveness is one of the most wonderful things to receive in the entire world when you've blown it. Is that not true? And you know usually when you need it desperately. And if you're married, there's nothing in the world better than when your spouse gives you grace. But it but it's very painful and costly to give that grace. Sometimes it's like the hardest thing in the world to do to offer to somebody. It's like, I don't know if I can do that. Forgiveness. You're dying a little bit to yourself every time you forgive. You die. Uh, you prioritize people. You're gentle with people. You accept people who are different than you. You die a little to yourself all the time. And you pursue the cross. You go out to the cross by serving other people and loving them. Those are the three ways. That's what baptism is depicting. This is not a single day in a person's life. That wedding that happened last night was just the beginning of a very, very long journey of, it sounds like, you know, he's just going to die every day. What he's doing is pursuing love. And in pursuing him, pursuing her and pursuing him, they will die to themselves. And I've told you already, you've got to die to yourselves. You've got to kill the things in you that are, un, that are, that are sinful. And I think we mentioned it before. Everyone in this room would say it would really, how much better would all our relationships be if every one of us in here died a little more to ourselves? So when Jesus says, I'm showing you how to live, he's really showing you how to live. Because all of the selfish things end up destroying you anyway. And all of the selfishness ends up destroying your relationships. Jesus is saying, I'm showing you how to live. I'm not only saving you from the things that you've done. I'm showing you how to live. That's, that's the beauty of baptism. That's the beauty of communion. That's what it means to pursue the cross. If the cross is in your rearview mirror then you're not living for him. You're pursuing that. It's a lifestyle now. Dying is a part of your life. But as you die, you live. Your relationships are better. Your personal life is better. Your relationship with God is better. It takes death to happen. And that's why we have baptism. So, right now, we're about to uh, uh, baptize I think a few kids, and then Hannah's going to get baptized, and then we have some in the second service as well. Uh, that's right, I'm done. You're like, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> You're like, this can't be. He's got a part two. I know he has a part two. Nope, I'm done.